0: Do you love a good cigar? I do. That's why I love my Patriot Cigars. These are the highest quality long-leaf Nicaraguan tobacco cigars, and believe me, the price is right. So go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE for 25% off. Free shipping on orders over $100. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE. Premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times best-selling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome. I'm Roger Stone. And yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. Yesterday, uh, in uh, an amazing performance on Fox Television with Laura Ingram. President Donald Trump spurred enormous speculation about who he will choose as a vice presidential running mate. This is, of course, a reflection of the fact that his victory over Nikki Haley in the upcoming South Carolina primary is more than assured. The most reliable public polls show that he will defeat the former governor of South Carolina in her home state, in what could be close to a two-to-one margin. Former President Richard Nixon once told me that in selecting a vice presidential running mate, don't look for someone who can help you, just try to find someone who doesn't hurt you. Now, that view may be somewhat cynical, uh, but the real test here is choosing an individual who, first and foremost, has the qualifications, the experience, the temperament, the actual ability to be president in the event that, God forbid, something should happen to Donald Trump and he'd be unable to fulfill his duties and responsibilities as president. Then, and only then, can the political considerations be uh, looked at. Here's uh, this little snippet from Trump and Laura Ingram last night. View that. The audience has
1: is, uh, been, asked been asked who, asked think who they would think. be a good choice, and various names came up. Um, uh, one of them was, of course, Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. He's made a big splash. Ron DeSantis, who's making making an appearance today in South Carolina. We just found out. Um, obviously, Tim Scott, Byron Donalds, and a a big uh, presence here for Tulsi Gabbard.
0: Um, very interesting. Um, are, and Christy Nome as well, I should say. Right. Are, are, are they all on your short yeah, list? And when can you- Interesting. We have said this before on the Stone Zone, but let me go through it again, because some people still don't grasp it. While the rules of the Electoral College do not specifically prohibit a party from nominating a candidate for president and vice president who are both legal residents of the same state, what they do is penalize a party that made such a nomination. Uh, And in the event that that ticket carried the state, uh, the ticket would forfeit the electoral college votes of that state. What that means, in short, uh, is that the president cannot choose somebody who is a legal resident of Florida where he is currently a legal resident. Now, uh, George Bush and Dick Cheney got around this. They were both residents of the state of Texas. uh, But Dick Cheney very quickly and at the last minute changed his legal residence to Wyoming so that he could be selected for vice president. I always thought it was interesting that he was the guy in charge of the selection process uh, and the most qualified person that he found Well, that turned out to be him, odd. In any event, this uh, would disallow the possibility of a governor, Ron DeSantis, whose selection I think is unlikely anyway, uh, would also unfortunately, I think, eliminate the selection of Congressman Byron Donalds, uh, who serves uh, as a member of Congress from the West Coast of Florida, a very good man. Uh, it also would leave out, for example, General Michael Flynn, who I would be much—I would think—would be much suited, much better suited for uh, the position of Secretary of Defense, or perhaps uh, reprising his old role as National Security Advisor. Now, also on the uh, uh, among those mentioned last night was Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, I like Vivek Ramaswamy. I did not like uh, the kind of funding business that he tried at the very last minute before the Iowa caucuses, Uh, but it is clear that that is water under the bridge. He has emerged as a very effective advocate uh, and a supporter of President Donald Trump. Uh, The problem there, however, uh, is that I don't think that he would bring you any votes that, well, that you don't already have. Now, if we believe Nixon's maxim, that you just seek someone who doesn't hurt you, perhaps Vivek Ramaswamy would be a good choice. Uh, But I also think that uh, because Donald Trump came from the world of business, uh, and to a certain extent from the world of entertainment, uh, that he probably needs a vice president who has at least some governmental experience. Governor Kristi Nome uh, is obviously uh, extremely attractive. Uh, she has an excellent record as governor, uh, but if you're not winning the state of South Dakota, well, then your campaign is in deep trouble. Once again, I don't think she brings you any new constituencies. That brings us uh, to Tulsi Gabbard. Now, I find that idea intriguing. Tulsi Gabbard uh, is a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army Reserve. She's also a a veteran uh, of the uh, war in Iraq. Uh, She is a a championship surfer, uh, a former Democrat member of Congress, actually a former vice chairman of the Democratic National Committee. Uh, I think she would have broad outreach to millennials uh, and as a former Democrat could be a bridge to win the votes of millions of Democrats for a TNT ticket, Trump and Tulsi. Uh, It is an intriguing idea. Now I've noticed in social media uh, both a very positive reaction. I believe Tulsi Gabbard is uh, trending even as we speak, uh, but also some people say, well, she was a Democrat. Let me remind you that Ronald Reagan was once a Democrat. In fact, he was an extremely liberal Democrat. So uh, I, I really do think uh, that the key here is to select someone who does not upset the base because base is everything in politics. And President Trump needs to maximize the support level uh, in his base, uh, but also reaches out to a different constituency, one where he could make gains. If you looked at it from a strictly uh, analytical and generic process, uh, it would be ideal to have uh, a, a candidate who um, made allowed you to make gains among African Americans. Uh, or Hispanic Americans, two places where Donald Trump in recent polling is indeed making uh, substantial inroads. Uh, And of course, there is the selection of a woman. For those who have some reserve about the possibility of Tulsi Gabbard, I would urge you to go back and look at the debate she had with Kamala Harris, when she was running as an anti-war candidate for the Democratic presidential nomination. She took Kamala Harris to the cleaners. So that leads us to the other quality that I think is crucial after you take into consideration uh, qualifications, uh, experience, temperament, and judgment, the ability to be president. And that is uh, to select someone who is sure-footed. Someone who understands that the role of the vice presidential candidate is to always be a second banana. You are never uh, the one setting policy. You are never uh, the one uh, who can contradict the presidential candidate. Uh, After Vice President Richard Nixon selected U.N. ambassador and former Massachusetts Senator Henry Cabot Lodge in 1960, Nixon was shocked while campaigning in California uh, when his vice presidential running mate, uh, Senator Lodge, said that the Nixon-Lodge administration uh, would have, in those words, uh, those times, a Negro in the cabinet. Uh, today, we would say African-American. This was, of course, news uh, to Nixon, who believed that people should be selected for cabinet service based on qualifications rather than their skin color. Uh, He was also trying to make inroads into the border and Deep South, things that in the end were unsuccessful. People don't recognize that John F. Kennedy was essentially the last Democrat to carry the Deep South. By that, I mean Georgia Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama. Uh, so uh, you need a candidate who's not going to make mistakes. Uh, uh, Richard Nixon selected Maryland Governor Spiro Agnew, uh, who went from Gaff to Gaff during uh, that campaign. Uh, actually, uh, uh, probably in the end, uh, was used in television commercials uh, put up by Nixon's opponent, Vice President Hubert Humphrey, who hammered the fact that Spiro Agnew would be a heartbeat away from the president uh, in the event that something happened to Nixon. So uh, what you need is someone who is sure-footed, someone who uh, has uh, run for president before would be ideal. That, of course, brings us to Dr. Ben Carson. Now, I like Dr. Carson. He spoke recently at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church, where I attend. Uh, He's a good man. He's very solid. Obviously, it is an American success story. He grew up dirt poor in Detroit to become one of the most prominent and respected brain surgeons in the country. Uh, But I question a a couple of things. First, uh, whether he allows you outreach uh, to any group where you could make ground or whether he just yet appeals solely to your base. Uh, And candidly, well, Dr. Carson is a little boring. Now, better again, a candidate who doesn't hurt you uh, and someone broadly acceptable to the base. And well, Dr. Carson would meet that criteria. Uh, Not mentioned uh, yet in this conversation was the other candidate who was mentioned last night, Senator Tim Scott. Now, Tim Scott uh, really underwhelmed in his own campaign for president. I think had he done better uh, in that endeavor, he might rate more highly as a potential vice presidential running mate. But the other thing Nixon once said to me is you cannot run for vice president. You can position yourself for uh, the selection of vice president, but you cannot openly run for the job. Uh, Tim Scott appears to me, at least, uh, to be openly running for the job. Uh, I, I don't know that his selection Uh, given his record as more of a neocon Republican, would sit well with the base. Uh, Recently, you may have seen that he had to get the permission of Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell in order to vote against the outrageous $95 billion uh, grant to Ukraine, uh, Israel, uh, and Taiwan. Uh, Those are not the qualities one looks for uh, in a vice president. So, uh, and the fact, by the way, that Donald Trump in subsequent recent interviews actually singled out uh, both uh, Tim Scott uh, and uh, Kristi Noem, uh, well, that leads me to believe that they are probably not going to be selected. Above all, Donald Trump is a master showman And he knows uh, that this story, this announcement, is extraordinarily newsworthy, and therefore he's going to continue the tease. You may remember several weeks ago uh, when he was uh, doing a Foxtown Hall, I believe it was with Sean Hannity. At that time, he actually said he'd already made his decision, but was keeping it to himself. There's Trump the showman yet again. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, on The Stone Zone, if you're just uh, tuning in. We're privileged to have an extraordinary guest with us today. Uh, Colonel John Mills is a national security professional with a service in five errors. He served his country with distinction during the Cold War. Uh, he was around for the peace dividend. Uh, he's an expert on the war on terror. Uh, And now he has an extraordinary viewpoint uh, when it comes to the current world uh, in chaos. Uh, He really is uh, very knowledgeable on the great power showdown uh, and the current fight to save our republic. He's a former director of cybersecurity policy and strategy, as well as in international affairs at the Department of Defense. Uh, and he is a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy. Uh, I'm very privileged and honored to have retired Colonel John Mills join us in the Stone Zone now.
1: Roger, thank you so much. It's an honor to be on your show.
0: Uh, I am really, really honored to have you here, and I'm very anxious uh, for you to share your expertise uh, you are uh, an expert on foreign and defense policy across the board. This is an exciting opportunity for my viewers. Uh, here's, a, I guess, a good place to start. Uh, the, uh, the Chinese continue to make provocative noises regarding Taiwan. Uh, the idea that the Chinese would invade or seek to, uh, to take control of Taiwan under a president, Donald Trump, I think is unthinkable, largely because Trump always understood the value of his unpredictability uh, as a foreign policy asset. How serious uh, are the Chinese about Taiwan? Uh, And how do you see this playing out?
1: Well, thank you, Roger. Um, It's a very serious matter and all Americans need to be concerned. A common response is They don't even know where Taiwan is on the map. And what does Taiwan have to do with us? Well, it has everything to do with us. For China to make a move on Taiwan, they will have to hit targets in Japanese sovereign territory, Filipino sovereign territory, and American sovereign territory. That's Guam, Tinian, and Saipan. Those are American citizens. That will be killed and wounded uh, when China makes their move. Now, there's several different possible courses of action for uh, Xi, the leader of China, uh, to make a move. I call it uh, basically: first is a hard invasion, second a soft invasion, third is envelopment, fourth is bypass, fifth is do nothing, or sixth is continue the worldwide arson campaign that's going on right now. We have easily 14 regional conflicts ongoing or uh, can be set off at a moment's notice. And every one of those has strings and tentacles to, uh, to, uh, China. Uh, so I, I think it's a very serious matter. And, and in regards to, uh, President Trump, it, from the tactical level and special operations to the strategic level, there's three things that count when working with, uh, Key foreign partners or foreign adversaries. And that's clarity, resolve, and authenticity. Trump is every one of those three things. Biden is none of those three things. And this is the danger. Wars are set off by um lack of, uh, by lack of clarity and resolve. They are not caused by clarity and resolve. (laughs) They are caused by lack of clarity and resolve, which again, this uh, current uh, encumberment of the White House, uh, they don't know what the word uh, clarity or resolve uh, or authenticity mean, any one of those three words. So this absolutely would not happen under Trump. She is under immense pressure to deliver something, maybe peel off some of the forward islands, such as Kinmen or uh, Matsu. Uh, They have the storm season coming uh, April to October. Uh, uh, Those are the typhoon season. That's a pretty, that, that 100 to 150 mile gap is pretty rough water. It's not gentle water and it gets even worse. And the last thing they want to deal with is Hurricane Trump in November.
0: I uh, once worked for uh, Congressman Jack Kemp. I remember he had a great line in his speech in which he said, weakness provokes aggression. Uh, I I think that sums it up. And this administration has shown nothing uh, but weakness. Uh, Two days ago, I was watching uh, Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina on the Senate floor. Uh, I called him an unprintable name. We won't get into that right now. Uh, But he insists uh, that the Ukrainians uh, are winning their war against Russia. Now, I understand that there's an enormous amount of war propaganda in our legacy media that might lead someone who's really not paying attention or really doesn't understand the dynamics of the situation to reach that conclusion. Uh, My friend, General Michael Flynn, uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor, who I do not know, but whose material I read, both seem to disagree. What do you think, uh, Colonel Mills, is the current state of play uh, in the war between Ukraine and Russia? Uh, I think uh, I'm totally
1: agnostic uh, on this I'm not a cheerleader for either side um, I think my policy has been clear and consistent enough aid to provide equivalency that 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 point was passed 18 months ago, and also no aid without what's called an inspector general uh, to oversee the aid. That's that's best practice for government. We did that in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, they've appointed a an IG just a couple of months ago, but it was the DoD IG who now that for the entire department who has to split jobs. That's un, un that's unacceptable. There has to be a dedicated IG if they didn't totally understand my talking point on that it has to be a dedicated ig the battle in the war in ukraine is essentially a stalemate on the ground uh, it, it essentially has become trench warfare. Uh, in the air and on the sea, though, the Ukrainians have repeatedly shown innovation to shut down the uh, Russian Air Force and obliterate uh, what's left of the Russian flotilla in the Black Sea. Again, but much of that has come with aid uh, and assistance direct, I would suggest, just from my ops, just not this is unclassified information from um, um, British uh, SAS and SBS. Which is a remnant of provoking the bear in the Great Game. Um, so I would say the war in Ukraine is a stalemate uh, on the ground. They have shown both sides have shown some success, but I think uh, the battle lines have been. I mean, everybody is talking about oh they gained the Russians gained ten feet in this direction and this village, ladies and gentlemen. That's that's uh, in 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 the scope and scale of everything. That's tactical and inconsequential. I think the bigger issue is, uh, and we're learning it right here at home, is the defense industrial base which we've totally disregarded since uh, since the uh, um, uh, collapse of the Soviet Union and the end of the Cold War. It's an, it's an art form we have forgotten about and uh, the, the absolute, uh, the policy types in this ad- uh, administration uh, I have no uh, operational art in this area and don't understand. We blew through more tomahawks in one day, shooting at the Houthis in the Red Sea, than we produced in a year. And there are zero new tomahawks on the production line uh, for this year. We're refitting older ones out of the inventory, which is good. But we need to be ramping up our defense industrial base, and two years into it, uh, this administration has, uh, you know, they have lectured and finger-wagged ad nauseum toward the Russians and toward the defense industrial base. Uh, Nothing happens when you lecture and finger-wag. Nobody takes you seriously. Uh, But the the situation in Ukraine is essentially a stalemate. It is sucking up immense resources. Uh, and we have other priorities, uh, Israel and that, that all, all that's going on in the Middle East. That is China. That is China, China, China uh, Taiwan. They paid for $19 billion of worth of weapons. I just came back from Taiwan covering the elections and oh, oh yes, we need to uh, uh, immensely ramp up our own dust, industrial base to uh, replenish what we have given out of inventory and stock to the Ukrainians. So it's not good. And I will mention to Tom Tillis, don't forget that nor, uh, 50% of the protein from China comes from the U.S., most of which comes from North Carolina, Tom Tillis, and Iowa, uh, hog production. Uh, We could uh, squeeze China in a heartbeat, uh, and Tom Tillis probably doesn't even realize uh, the strategic role of North Carolina in protein production for China.
0: Uh, Fascinating, fascinating. Uh, Colonel Mills, what is the state of readiness of our current military? Has our military Uh, been decimated uh, by woke culture. Uh, It is my view uh, that during the Obama years that many in the central and uh, medium, I should say at the top, uh, and middle levels of our military uh, who were not globalists, uh, some who were just honest soldiers, non-political, others who may have had uh, uh, a a harder-eyed view towards the threats posed to this country by both China and Russia uh, were retired from the system. Uh, Clearly, we have a recruitment problem uh, in our military. What is the state of readiness uh, of our current military?
1: Thank you, Roger. It's disturbing and concerning. Um, When you savagely attack 60 to 70 percent of your recruiting base, so anybody who's white, anybody who's male, anybody who's white female also, anybody who has a Christian belief system, which is a lot of Latinos and African Americans also, when you attack one of your core base elements of your recruiting profile or for recruiting and attention what do you think is going to happen? This is absolute insanity. Uh, Historic challenges not seen since the conversion from uh, draft to all-volunteer in 1974, which those were rough years in 74 until uh, Reagan got on board. Those were very rough years. Um, But it's just why in the world, you know, I'm a military uh, veteran, Uh, you know, uh, my son spent uh, some time in the military, but why in the world would anybody recommend the military to their their children at this point in time it's absolute bat guano craziness um and uh i i don't know where and how this happened i noticed it in 2009 when i went through army war college uh, really kind of the 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 final senior uh, training, Uh, now we have joint, you have to become joint qualified, which I did also become joint qualified so you can speak the service language of all services. But I noticed in 2009 that I was an outlier and that I didn't know what to call it at the time, but there clearly was An expectation of certain phraseology and behaviors, even though War College uh, is always supposed to be, you know, lauded for uh, open mindedness, uh, brilliant visionary thinking. No, no, even in 2009, it was clear you had to use certain terms, certain expressions, and behave in a certain way. And I was going, I am clearly an outlier. And again, historic recruiting attention. And what do you expect when 60 to 70% of your base, if you're white, if you're uh, heterosexual, if you have a Judeo-Christian belief system um, of no matter what color or ethnicity. So right off the table. And then Army uh, Army Secretary Christine Wormuth, at at first she ignored the issue. Then she would mock the issue of wokeness. Now she's angry. She's angry. If anybody brings it up, you're not patriotic. I mean, it's a variation of Hillary Clinton's... uh, dissent is the highest form of patriotism unless you're dissenting against somebody who's on the blue team uh, or, uh, I mean, this is just the, the utter uh, absolute intellectual non sequiturs of, of, of this, what we're dealing with in America. Uh, so huge issues with readiness, huge issues with the defense industrial base. Uh, we we're you know even the Coast Guard which usually it's a budget issue, not a personnel issue the po- Coast Guard can't even deploy all of its incredibly important uh, 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 boats, small crafts and even ships uh, because of a historic uh, a shortfall in recruiting and in retention which usually it's the budget issues in the Coast Guard not not recruiting and retention. So um, I don't know what world uh, people are living in, and and then just in the national security world, people are going, oh come on, come on, it's not that bad. It's always the when as soon as somebody says it's not that bad, you know it's bad and there's a problem, and this is where all those who are, uh, uh, you know, part of the problem in the swamp, in the in the deep state, in the national security culture. Uh, they refuse to address causal factors here. And uh, anytime recruiting retention comes up, it'll be the environment. Uh, Admiral Str- Stravitas just the other day was talking about global warming as an issue in recruiting attention. I mean, Str- Stravitas, uh, I mean, it was like, geez, it was like 20 years ago I was called in. His social media account had been hacked when he was a uh, European commander, a uh, U- UCOM commander. And it was one of the first times we had an issue with a a person of statue and their social media account being hacked. Um, um, it's just, it's an utter, uh, I just don't know where these, these brains are out there. They're, they're just either lying through their teeth or they are totally detached from reality and what's going on around them.
0: Uh, in the Middle East, it appears to me uh, that the Biden administration is funding both sides of the conflict. Uh, I, uh, saw in the Wall Street Journal roughly a week ago uh, that the administration was moving to unfreeze another $100 billion uh, for Iran. Uh, They seem to either be naive or oblivious to the fact uh, that Iran will not only use that money to restart or to accelerate their nuclear weapons development program but there's a high probability that they are uh, subsidizing Islamic terrorism in the in the uh, sense of Hamas uh, and Hezbollah. Uh, at the same time, it appears that the administration is putting certain restraints on our longtime Israeli allies. What is your analysis of the situation uh, in the Middle East?
1: Well, this is a function of... Uh... Uh, the Biden team trying to serve many masters at once. Uh, you can't serve two masters. And they're penetrated by this this cult of uh, Iran. Some of them are just actually Iranian agents. You got Rob Malley, who was the lead negotiator under Biden, and then uh, under, and then under, uh, excuse me, under Obama and that then Biden, uh, who's been taken off the payroll and is under security investigation because it appears he's a agent of Iran. I mean, we're we're getting almost zero coverage of this. Uh, I mean, and and his two, so he's off the payroll, but he's still uh, Rob Malley is still shown on the State Department website. He's still shown uh, as the lead for uh, the uh, Iranian negotiation issues, and then his two. Uh, deputies are are embedded in the top level of the Office of Secretary of Defense. So so we got Iranian agents penetrating the government. So some of it is this Iranian agents, and you've got cultists like Valerie Jarrett and John Brennan, uh, who just have this thing for Iran. Uh, This makes absolutely no sense. Giving back money and then expecting behavior in a certain direction flies in the face of, anything. You have no leverage when you give back the money. You say, we're going to give you back this money, and then we expect you to behave this way. No, no, no. It's condition-based. Now, this is, to the best of my knowledge, the the money that's been given back to Iran has been seized money, uh, frozen money, since 1979. Well, this is this is what negotiation 101 here. Come on, you don't hand over money to online actors and then say, "Now you you behave this way or else we'll give you another pallet of ca- your own cash." You know, I mean, what what do they expect? But it's just the insanity of 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 the just the ideologically bat guano crazy members of the Biden team.
0: Folks, if you're just tuning in, uh, we're talking to Colonel John Mills uh, on defense and national security policy. Uh, He is the former director of cybersecurity policy and strategy uh, for the United States government, also uh, an international affairs uh, expert. Uh, He's a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy. Uh, Colonel Mills, you have written a terrific book, The War. On the Deep State, Uh, I'm very excited to read it myself. Uh, I have uh, just ordered it. Let's throw that uh, book cover up if we could. There it is. Uh, This uh, really looks amazing. You have a foreword by my good friend Ed Martin. Uh, Folks, if you want to get this book, uh, we're going to tell you how. Uh, Please go to mystore.com. I think we have that graphic as well, mystore.com. Uh, and you can find Colonel Mills' book uh, with promo code STONE. Uh, you get a handsome discount, as you can see. So please uh, go to mystore.com uh, and get your very own copy of Colonel Mills' terrific book. We continue with our interview. Uh, Colonel Mills... Uh, the it was reported several months ago uh that the chinese had uh, located a spy station in cuba uh it was amazing how quickly this was in and out of the news it seemed to be uh, a one-day story uh, i'm uh, old enough to remember the national uh tumult over the fact that the russians had placed missiles uh, in Cuba in 1962, uh, is it not reasonable to expect that if the Chinese are unimpeded running a spy station uh, out of Cuba, that they may ultimately or perhaps even now uh, mount missiles there as well?
1: Thank you, Roger. And and, and those books at my store are all autographed, so that's a special bonus feature. so, yeah, I'm very, very disturbed. This whole story broke uh, about mid, uh, about late spring, early summer last year. Uh, and it was uh, right during the the groveling tour of four uh, senior Biden officials in a row. And on the way back on uh, uh, Tony blinken's leg of uh, the Apollo the groveling tour uh, the Chinese said not only are we doing this was well literally well blinken was in flight uh, at, at Eddie Haskell blinken was in flight back to the United States was uh, not only we uh, uh, resurrecting the old Soviet spy base at Lourdes, Cuba 90 map miles from Key West uh, we're also doing military training now I'm, my grave concern is the American intelligence community is not even paying attention to this matter. So all intelligence community resources, uh, there's actually, uh, uh, you can go right on to the intelli- uh, director of national intelligence and look at the uh, intel community directives. And uh, I, think it, I, I think it's 204, the uh, intelligence community priority stack. But essentially everything is apportioned according to the priority stack. And you have a cut line. Things above that cut line are, they are, they were not only collected upon, but analyzed and assessed. Things below the cut line might be collected on, but are not analyzed or assessed and not actioned. I am concerned with both an intel base and now military training. I mean, the Chinese have said military training in addition to the spy base, uh, that there are very likely missiles in Cuba now. And yet our intelligence community is focused on DEI and CRT training. So, and and they're not kidding. so that is just uh, unfathomable. If nothing else, I would not be surprised. It's called the S 300 and S 400 air defense system, which are very long range, very powerful. And literally can knock down aircraft uh, over Orlando. Uh, uh, Their range is that far. And oh, there's a bonus feature with these missiles. Not only are they air-to-air, you could use them, or excuse me, surface-to-air, you could use them surface-to-surface. Meaning you could bombard all the way up to Orlando if uh, they chose to. I think it's not unreasonable, not unlikely, that because of the announced spy base and training base and military training base uh, in Cuba, that there are missiles back in Cuba. And yet we're hearing zero about this on the media. but it's it's absolutely reasonable, if if nothing else, just to posit this question., uh, but that is the standard. when they when the Chinese set up training facilities like this, air defense and including long range air defense is, is almost certainly there. And the S 300 S 400 system, very powerful, very long range, dual use. You can hit ground targets with these defensive missiles.
0: Uh, You raised uh, the issue of Rob Malley. This is shocking to me. I think this is the greatest single spy scandal in U S history, uh, Prior or I said subsequent to Alger Hiss, a Russian communist spy uh, who infiltrated the federal government during both the Roosevelt and Truman administrations. By the way, uh, when the uh, Soviet Union collapsed and KGB records became available, we learned for a certainty, well, that young Congressman Richard Dixon was right and that Alger Hiss was indeed, despite the claims of the left-wing media, both Today, and at the time, uh, a, a Soviet agent. Uh, it's amazing to me uh, that this level of, of uh, infiltration uh, has gotten virtually no media coverage. Uh, I also note, as you said, uh, that two of Mali's top deputies remain in place. So while he has been suspended without explanation uh, and is evidently under an inspector general investigation, According to a piece I read in the Washington Examiner, uh, his his cohorts uh, seem to be firmly in place. Uh, No wonder we're unfreezing $100 billion uh, in assets. Uh, One of your areas of uh, expertise is cybersecurity. Is there, in fact, as many believe, a very real danger of disruption uh, in our power grid uh, in this nation?
1: Absolutely, Roger. In the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act, there was a obscure uh, section called 1088. It, 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 it uh, directed a national tabletop exercise on effect on the domestic critical infrastructure in case of conflict with China over Taiwan. Well, these congressional sections and language just don't come out of thin air. 1088 implies that uh there was a fire in the main engine room uh we knew about it and we need to look into it so yes the domestic critical infrastructure let's take spy cranes i just did a Substack posting this morning uh, uh on spy cranes um the uh the white house just uh, created a, 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 a presidential directive on port initiatives port security but the uh, whether it's the grid or whether it's the spy cranes in American ports, the Chinese there's Chinese componentry to these. ZPMC makes eighty percent of the port cranes. Uh, when it comes to the power system, uh, there's a panoply of Chinese uh, providers of in, in important uh, components. If nothing else, uh, the routers, uh, the, the the IT that enable uh, the energy sector. Um, And the Chinese know this vulnerability. So uh, I think it's immense. I think it's real. The Section 1080 exercise was a huge signal. We had a fire in the main engine room on this. And you would call these advanced force operations to prepare the battlefield for conflict. Bottom line to the layperson, at the right time, uh, all the Chinese have to do is uh, at their server farms in um, um, Shenzhen, China, right above Hong Kong, uh, right, uh, uh, right, in, uh, uh, right below Guangzhou, all they have to do is f- uh, flip the switch. Port cranes collapse. Uh, energy, uh, you know, uh, uh, coal plants. Uh, oh, wind turbines! Their favorite wind turbines go berserk uh, and over torque. It's a very common methodology in cyber attacks. So I think there we are at an absolute screaming crisis. And and uh, the FBI director, uh, obvious uh, director Ray, is suddenly in the last three months come awake on this issue and has talked about alarm bells, red flags, sirens, uh, him and Jenny Easterly, who, uh, I used to work with, uh, uh, yeah, say the same thing. And, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, and you, you, you talked about Alger Hiss in my first book, uh, uh, the uh, nation will follow. I invoke Whitaker Chambers because I was Ground Zero to see the deep staters go after Trump when I was in in, in a career civilian inside uh, the senior levels in early 2016. And you know the FBI started saying Russia, 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 Trump, 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 and guess who it was? It was Charles McGonigal, who's now going to prison for I think he's had several years added on to his uh, his term. Uh, so penetrated. So our, 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 those who are supposed to be securing America, they're penetrated. And uh, China's penetrated our critical infrastructure. Other than that, everything's going great.
0: Yeah, how ironic. There was indeed Russian collusion. The problem is it wasn't with Donald Trump or his team. It was collusion with actual officials uh, in the FBI. Followed that case very carefully. McGonagall was involved in the plans to uh staged the raid uh, on my home on January 25th, 2019. So I can't say I was unhappy uh, about his uh, long prison sentence. Uh, The other day, uh, Congressman Mike Turner caused, uh, well, a panic uh, with an announcement that there was a very serious nuclear threat to our country uh, from the Russians. Uh, and essentially that it was space-based. Uh, then Jake Sullivan, who is up to his keister in the Russian collusion oaks, as uh, documented in special counsel John Durham's report, but who of course avoids prosecution for his very real crimes and currently serves as our national security advisor, uh, said, well, I was preparing to uh, brief members of Congress about this. I'm a little surprised that Congressman Turner jumped the gun. Uh, My immediate takeaway was, well, the same as yours, Turner was trying to move funding for Ukraine along and thought this would do it, but it also had the effect of shifting public attention away from the special counsel's report that raised very legitimate questions about the cognitive decline uh, of President Joe Biden. So my question, uh, Colonel Mills, is uh, is there indeed, in your opinion, uh, a real threat to America, a national security threat from the Russians that is space based? I was immediately skeptical, but I, of course, don't have your uh, your experience or your expertise in this area. Uh, Let me know what you think
1: now roger this was a bizarre episode um, I it just there were so many branches and sequels so turner i think was in many ways grandstanding for ukraine aid okay at the same time um i think there is something there now space matters are usually not only top secret but usually sapped or special access program i mean and just the the both the guidance regulation security oversight is you don't say anything about space matters. Um, so this was very confusing. I'd never heard anything like this raised before. But I think it does show a weakness in the space domain of America. And it's uh, just like the, the Obama-Biden team have had circles run around them by, by Russia, uh, and sometimes concluded uh, colluded with Russia, uh, but also let the Chinese, the Iranians, the Venezuelans, the North Koreans do whatever they want to do here. Um, this, I think there's, there's a concern here. We have, we have uh, given away dominance in space. But if the Russians have put a nuke in orbit, which was essentially the message – it was a little confusing to figure out what the message was – I can assure you the Chinese have put 10. And this shows the uh, absolute – the the intelligence community has just totally ignored the Chinese nuclear threat until the last couple of years. I mean the Chinese have had an – no pun intended, an explosive growth in their nuclear cap- cap, uh, capability and capacity where they, they, in a conservative estimate, have as many strategic nuclear uh, warheads and delivery devices uh, as we, as the Russians. But when combined with the Russians, that means they're twice our size at a minimum. So uh, this whole, yeah, I think there probably is something going on up in space because everything's so classified uh, hey, the American people need truth on these matters, and hiding the truth from the American people doesn't help. Uh, using it as grandstanding for Ukraine aid is wrong also. Um, so no no aid until we have that dedicated inspector general. But uh, so Turner was just, uh, this was a baffling episode. I think there is something there, but it does distract from the special counsel Uh, look into uh, uh, Biden uh, and his is absolutely, the key word in that uh, special counsel report was willfully, willfully. It's a pretty harmful word. Willfully had and willfully shared classified information. And it's either, you either charge, it's one of two here. You either charge uh, Biden because vice presidents are not allowed to walk out with uh, classified information. Presidents are. You know total failure and the weaponization of the the uh, uh, national archivist uh, to not show up and properly uh, assemble all of the top secret documents from the Trump first term, which that is the way it's supposed to be. They totally weapon now they've weaponized the national the, the librarian for the US government. I mean, this is crazy. But yeah, this episode, So many branches and sequels from it. So many alarm bells. It shows a failure of of government to secure the American people. And Turner was grandstanding and helping to distract. Bizarre episode. There is something there, but it was also meant as a smokescreen to distract.
0: Our guest today, once again, uh, Colonel uh, John Mills. Uh, He is uh, the author of a terrific book, uh, The War Against uh, the Deep State. Uh, I highly recommend that you get your signed copy of this book. You can do so by going to mystore.com. Uh, there you see it. You get a, a very nice discount and a signed copy when you use promo code STONE. So go to mystore.com right now and find this terrific book. Colonel Mills also writes a very lively and informative Substack. I urge you to subscribe to that. Uh, we'll put that address up on the screen for There it is, colonelretjohn.substack.com. So please, if you want to be uh, completely well informed about what's going on in the national security and defense realm, uh, there is no better place to go than Colonel Mills' Substack. I myself am working on a Substack piece at this moment, comparing the case against Joe Biden regarding his retention of documents uh, with the case against President Donald Trump. They tell us that the essential difference is that Biden cooperated in the probe into his illegal, willful retention of documents that Trump did not. Uh, I essentially disprove this uh, in a piece that I will post uh, at Substack this afternoon. Uh, There is uh, indeed a two-tiered justice system. A final question uh, for Colonel Mills. We learned earlier this week uh, that uh, former CIA Director John Brennan reached out to the intelligence services of the Five Eyes Nations, the English-speaking allies, uh, and ask them to conduct surveillance and to bump, as they say, uh, 26 associates of President Donald Trump. This was prior to any public discussion of the falsified steel dossier. Uh, I have the distinction of being one of those 26 people. Uh, do you think, Colonel Mills, that we will ever see uh, any justice served or any consequence of these shocking revelations.
1: Yeah, Roger, absolutely, I have faith in this. Uh, And McGonagall was one of them. He was the guy feeding us information in high-level meetings uh, in early 2016. I gave uh, a number of names uh, to the Durham investigation, five there's five criminal referrals out of the durham report and uh, you got to attribute McGonagall to durham a lot of i mean although I, in the negotiation in the front office of the doj they they said oh we're going to strip that out you know durham's okay whatever uh but he still got McGonagall, and there's five other criminal referrals three of those pretty, much, pretty likely came from my names but yeah, and I was personal. I describe it in book one, uh, The Nation Will Follow, uh, of a dinner in London in October 2016, where a former very senior FBI executive, retired but good friends with James Comey, uh, was in London. I was there in a Five Eyes meeting, and we just sheer coincidence were at a dinner together unrelated to my my presence in London with the Five Eyes meeting, but the only thing I could resolve and, and for, uh, with forensics and later was the only reason that official was in London was to coordinate the acceleration of Crossfire Hurricane with Gina Haspel, chief of station, and GCHQ, our Five Eyes partner, and it's called the Five Eyes end-around method. Very rarely used, but in early 2016, suddenly. Uh, there was all this chatter in top-level meetings uh, from our Five Eyes partners that Trump, 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 Russia, 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 and it's it's a game. Uh, you know, the Five Eyes are our most sensitive, most special uh, traditional partners. There is no higher information-sharing relationship. And the five eyes, uh, UK, uh, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and Singapore, just kidding about Singapore, but they are five eyes plus member. Um, The uh, it is, I, I tell you what, no question about it. That's what was going on because in the five eyes end around method, uh, this is uh, traditionally, if it came from a Five Eyes partner in regards to an American citizen, it essentially was a way around the FISA process. It existed, was rarely used until early 2016 when suddenly there's all these Five Eyes reports just overwhelming. Trump, 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 Russia, Russia. Rush. And I was like, well, okay, I'm a sworn uh, career civilian at this time. Okay. I'll follow the truth where it leads. But in hindsight and with all the forensics, no question, this was intentional misuse of the five eyes end around method. Um, and uh, it was, it was willful and intentional. And this was an organized campaign to get Trump and those 26 that are identified for bumping you being one of them, Roger.
0: All right. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. Let me thank uh, my guest, uh, retired Colonel John Mills, for joining us today for this lively discussion. I have so many more questions. I definitely would like to have you back. Colonel Mills, thank you and God bless you. And Thank you for your service to our great nation. Uh, Until tomorrow, uh, I'm Roger Stone. This has been The Stone Zone. God bless you and Godspeed.